Welcome to Cryptobiography. I'm your host, Brandon Starr. This is episode 320 of Cryptobiography, and it's part two and the conclusion of The Vanishing, plus a poem, The Professor's Professor's Child. And here we go. He didn't know what to do. Thanks, John, he said. When John wandered off again, he started talking again. I'm still here. Can you hear me, Diane? Yes, the voice said. I'm scared. I'm sure you are, Peter said. You can't move. Can you tell where I am? No, Dan replied. Wait, no, I think I can tell. Or at least you sound like you're coming from a certain direction. Okay, maybe we can work with that, Peter said. Maybe you can't move in the normal way, but can you move towards my voice? I I don't know, Diane said. I guess I can try. I'm not sure how I'll know when you're closer, Peter admitted. You already sound both like you're miles away and also whispering in my ear. Okay, Diane said. Please keep talking so I have something to go towards. Peter couldn't think of anything to say, so he started humming. Does the humming work, he said. If you mean, can I hear it? Yes, please continue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Peter continued. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then he could feel that something strange was happening. Before he could do anything, run away, focus, or anything else, he was suddenly unconscious. And then he was elsewhere. Everything was black. Diane? he thought. Diane? But if Diane could hear him, she didn't say anything. He couldn't tell if he'd moved or if he was somehow still in the kitchen. Diane? he thought. He said it aloud, or at least he tried to. Diane? He couldn't tell if it was working. John? The utter blackness, the lack of any sensation on his body... And in fact, no sensation, even when he tried to touch his hand to any other part of himself, plus the utter quiet, soon led to hallucinations. At first, it was lights popping and vague sounds, but then they became more intense and more confusing. After an amount of time he had no way of counting, he tried again. Diane? John? He supposed that his clothes must even now be in a heap in that kitchen. As the hours passed, he went more and more into hallucinations, and though they started as dreamlike and grounded in some sort of reality, they soon became incoherent blurs of color and noise. He realized that whether Diane meant it or not, she had somehow swapped places with them, and without knowing how it happened or being able to see anything in reality or tell where anything was, or connect to anyone, he was going to disappear. Forever. That's the end of the story. But like I say, I do have a poem as well. Uh, I guess you can call it a poem. It's, you know, 
it's very modern style. It's not rhyming or anything like that. Um, and it's called The Professor's Child. Here we go. A few times growing up and through college, I met some kids, both of whose parents were professors or similarly serious-minded. Usually they were an only child. At the age of five, six, or seven, they knew all the languages either parent knew. They could play several musical instruments at a high level. There was no TV in the home. There was a library, mostly leather-bound and well-used. When you spoke with them, you could have a full conversation like they were a very short adult. You could talk about ontology. But I've never met someone who used to be one of those kids when they were young. Are they still as far ahead as an adult? As they were as a child? Are they controlling the world from a CIA bunker? Are they inventing the next generation's next generation of technology? Are they touring the philharmonics of the world with a gorgeous member of their preferred gender in their bed every night? Or worst of all, are they normal and well-adjusted? And that's the end of the poem. Um, yeah, so it's the, the poem was fun. I wrote it a while ago, and I was going to just read it out at the end of a regular episode, um, but then I forgot about it. And because I didn't actually put it in the, the the show notes for that episode, I didn't write. I didn't, you know, I didn't read it that time. And then it's like, I figured, well, I'll just use it at some point, maybe when I when the the story itself ends ends up being a little short. And that's what happened. Um, I don't necessarily try to stretch stories out to make you know the right amount of time for an episode. And it certainly wouldn't have, would have been very very short <laughs> if I had only done the story. So we have the poem too. I hope you enjoyed that both parts uh and yeah and it's by the way the professor's child is very real like i'm several times growing up i did in fact meet young kids like this and i have no idea what happened to them like do they just sort of eventually match up to how regular adults are you know maybe plus you know like i said a few skills like the the languages and the and, and the musical instruments and stuff you know, are do they stay way ahead? Do they do they end up being sort of like the you know the people who sort of control <laughs> control everything behind the scenes? You know, not in a not exactly in a uh, you know uh, Illuminati sort of way, but just in the way that like you know um, smart people in the right you know position can sort of like you know, make, make sure that the right things happen and so, and so on. I don't know. Um, if you are one of those people, I'd love to talk with, with you about it. Cause I had like, you know, reasonably intelligent parents, but they weren't, you know, they weren't like professor types and they didn't have us, you know, we had a TV and we didn't, you know, learn extra languages or anything like that as, as children. And the few times that I did meet kids like that, it, really th it really throws you because you're talking to someone who's like literally like half your age or when i was in college this would be even less than half my age and they're every bit as like intelligent and serious-minded as you are it's very it's a very bizarre feeling um and i would love to know what someone who grew up like that 
is like now. Anyway, so I kind of wrote it as a poem to sort of get that feeling out. And I don't know if you've ever met any any kids like that yourself, but if you have, I hope you recognize that feeling too. Um, and again, I'd love to hear from you too. Like, is, am I the only one who really feels this feeling? I Somehow I doubt that. There's very little in the human condition that's like truly unique. So I'm guessing that other people have felt this before too. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Um, if you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Mastodon. Um, we're not exactly going away from Twitter yet, but I'm using it less and less. So if I don't respond on Twitter, that's probably why. I do try to check in on it once or twice during you know, the week. Uh, on on that on the cryptobiography um, thing, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not using Twitter very much anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm using I and I try to keep up on Mastodon, although it's hard when you know. Anyway, I'm on my my own personal Mastodon more than I am the cryptobiography one. Anyway, but in, in, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so if you have any comments or questions, cryptobiography at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Mastodon. And thanks for listening. Words of Muse, copyright 2023, cryptobiography LLC, all rights reserved. Characters and events are fictional, fictionalized, or satirical. <laughs>